words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Okay, let's start this morning from Matthew 16. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? This is actually confusing English, right? Yeah, but, but you just get it. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter asked and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, this is actually our introduction to the message today, which says, look to the sun. Look to the sun. S-O-N. Look to the sun. Set your eyes up on the sun. Set your attention, your affection, your desire. Look up to the sun. And it's an introduction to Jesus Christ. I know you, somebody will say, I know Jesus Christ. Do you? Jesus came to his disciples who had been with him, saw him physically, saw the miracles, saw everything, and say, who do men say that I, the son of man, he calls himself son of man, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? <laughs> and they said to him, some said Peter, some said Elijah. So, so, so some said Elijah, some said John the Baptist has come back. At this time, John the Baptist had died. So this is the reincarnation of John the Baptist. What is the word on the streets about who Jesus Christ is? That's where it started from. What's the reputation I have among men? Who do people think that I am? And they actually brought many, many guesses until Jesus backed up and said, Okay, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? Who do you know Jesus to be? What's your experience of Jesus Christ? It's not what people are saying about him. Who do you say he is? And Simon was able to open his mouth and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
And that hit Jesus Christ like a bolt because he agreed with everything he was about. And then he began to speak. He said, this is how I am going to build my church. This is the revelation upon which I'm going to build my church. And anyone who has that revelation that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, that is the person who is going to be built up and be my church. And that revelation, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that revelation will have the keys of hell and Hades. This revelation of who Christ is brings power in the spirit realm. Brings power in the natural realm. The building of our lives rises and breaks upon the revelation of Christ we have. Many believers vacillate. They look to the left. They look to the right. They look, they choose their church based on whether they're going to get business connections in the church. They choose their association based on whether they're going to find uh, community in the church. They choose their association based on whether they're going to find Nice worship in the church. Many people choose where they go on the account of how it's going to look. How it's going to look. Who is there. How big it is. How cool it is. The light. But guess what? The only powerful people will be the people who have a revelation of the Christ. That is what is going to amount to the building project of God. It is that that will bring a birthing of who Christ is. Hallelujah. Amen. And that is what will give us the keys. Their keys, their eternal keys to function in the realms of God. These keys are based on who you know Christ to be. Who do you know Christ to be? <laughs> and the Bible says the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will not speak of himself. He will testify of me. The Holy Spirit is only given to speak of who? Of Jesus Christ. The entire body of what God was supposed to do is vested in a man, Jesus Christ. So, it was like the whole world existed upon until this time. There was the Old Testament. There was a sacrifice people gave. The priests went to the temple every day and gave this sacrifice of blood, of bulls, of goats, of animals, of sheep. And then one day, Jesus steps into the waters of baptism. And we hear this in Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> Before this time, God was not on talking terms with man. Nobody heard from God. There were only Two or three people who had heard from God for 400 years. The first person who heard from God was Zachariah in the temple. 
after the casting of lots. So if you have the paper Bible, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's a blank page, which that blank page represents 400 years. 400 years when God was not talking to man. 400 years when people lived and died, never felt the presence of God. 400 years when whole generations never encountered God. 400 years when people know there's God in the sky, and, but there was no relationship between God and man. After the last Malachi prophet wrote, he said, and I will turn back the hearts of the fathers to the children, and I will send Elijah, lest I strike the earth with a curse. That was the last sealing of any word that came from God until we begin to read again the Gospels. And the Gospels spoke about the visit of Angel Gabriel. Angel Gabriel came to Elizabeth, to Mary, to Joseph and to John, until this time, God never spoke. And John, who was the son of Zechariah, his father wore priestly garments every day. He had a tunic like a dress. He had 12 stones on his chest. He had like what was called the linen effort. Each stone represents one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And and this was what John was supposed to step into because it was on the line of the tribe of Levi. But when he came of age, God began to tell him that this is not your calling. He began to fill the pool. for, And then he began to sense that something was coming. And he began to scream, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And people pushed into the river Jordan to be baptized of him. John drew a crowd out of the temple into the wilderness. And this gospel of John was so harsh, so pungent. He wasn't a nice prophet. When they started coming, he looked at them. He said, you're a snake. Your mother is a snake. Your uncles are snakes. All of you guys are brood of vipers. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Anger is coming. Do not be saying we are children of Abraham. For now God has led at the axe at the root of every tree. And every tree that does not bring forth good fruit, he will cut it down. This was the gospel of John. It was a very harsh, strong, pungent gospel that demanded in a time when men had become callous in heart. When men couldn't hear from God, he had like a hammer. And he was smashing the ground of people's hearts. Telling them about the greatness of a judgment that was coming. Today, if you preach like that, people will tell you that you are full of hate. You are a hate preacher. If you hear that John's gospel, any one of us preach like that, we are going to be excommunicated. But his message was pungent. It was in that moment of baptism that a voice from heaven endorsed what he was saying. Sometimes God actually, once in a while, breaks out of eternity and speaks from heaven. This was the case. (laughs) And suddenly, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Another day, they were on the mountain of transfiguration. (laughs) And Peter was like, wow, what a glory. 
What a powerful experience. What a powerful prayer meeting. Let's build three tabernacles here. As Peter was yet speaking, another movement of a bright cloud enveloped them and a voice from the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. From that day, God stopped taking the blood of bulls. From that day, God stopped taking the sacrifice of animals. From that day, God stopped, you know, animals. So today, if you wring a chicken's neck and suck it and try to pronounce incantation, you are now going demonic. If a priest asks you to bring white coconut and you bring it, you are now going demonic. If a pastor asks you to bring water, he will bless it and you will splash it all over your door, you are now going demonic. All of a sudden, every sign, every way of reaching God has been abrogated. Every old way whereby where men access the holiness of God has been shut down. There is now only one way. There is now only one approved way. There is only now one approved name that is given in all of creation the name above all names the name which is Jesus Christ Jesus Christ became declared the beloved son of God the access way to the Godhead is now in Christ and the Bible says now is just salvation in no other name apart from the name of Jesus Christ Jesus is now the way shout it out Jesus is the way do you believe this? If you don't believe this, the power of God cannot work in your life. People touch the power of God. Go back. Touch the person of Jesus Christ. Go back. If you are vacillating about who Jesus Christ is, you are limiting the power of God in your life. Jesus is now the prescribed way by which men will enter the Holy of Holies. Not your idea, not your philosophy, not the philosophy of men, not free thinkers, not atheists, not important psychologists in the society, not professors of learning. Some people try, but there is no other way by which men will access the heavenlies apart from the name of Jesus Christ. This is my beloved son. This is the way by which you come to me. So from that time, God began to order all men, look to the son. Look to the son. Set your eyes on the son of God. Set your eyes, set your view, set your vision, set your ideology, set it on the son of God. He is the Lamb of God. He is the way for all men. He is the, and the people who know Him, the people who fellowship with Him, are the ones who begin to unlock the grace that is in Him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. John chapter 1. John began to speak of Him as well. Who were born, not of blood, verse 13 nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of on, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. The word of God, which sat with him through all eternity, which we read in, 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 in the beginning, 
the word was with God and the word was with God and the same was, that word became flesh, became a man. <laughs> Mary said, how can these things be? Since I know not a man, the angel asked her, Is there, I am the Lord, is there anything impossible for me? The word become flesh. The Christ became living. In someone, the word of God comes alive. The word of God comes alive and you're no more who you used to be. I don't know why people fight this understanding you are no more who you used to be you don't have to rise and fall in sin anymore the word became flesh the word became flesh and this is how you will know the antichrist the spirit of the antichrist is the spirit that says christ has not come in the flesh that is the spirit of the antichrist what does that mean it means that anyone who says we cannot be like christ is the antichrist anyone that says we cannot be perfected you know, Christians love that never, never place. We're all not perfect. We're all just trying. No, no, is anyone perfect? We keep saying that. Now, not that we're perfected yet, but if you keep mocking perfection that way, how can you aspire to what you're mocking? Man, while the Bible says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So not, Paul said, not that I have attained, but one thing I do, I press on. I run towards perfection. I run towards perfection. Are you running towards perfection? Or are you giving an excuse for your failure? Run towards perfection. Look to the sun. Let him saturate your heart. And the run will be easy. Ha! One of the ways I run towards the sun is worship. I mean, there are some songs. Oh, where, is, where, where is this man? Come and sing it. Just listen to this song. Just listen to this song. I need backup singers for him. Like, is this a song or is this something? I will play one song. I will be weeping for hours. Someone, someone knew. <laughs> like, I weary the people around me with particular songs. I found a well that I'll forever drink. Mm. Jesus Christ, the King. Forever I will worship at His feet. Oh, He's my offering. Say. Jehovah, Jehovah, oh yeah, Lion of Judah, Heavenly Father, here is, here is my prayer, oh, see Jehovah, Lion of Judah, beautiful Savior.
this place Jehovah that journey which God had orchestrated for us to make the journey of conformity to his son the journey of starting from where we are to the new place where God wants us to be the journey of God filling us to the overflow with himself so we're saturated in the sun the sun becomes our life clothed his blood his idea becomes the way by which we function looking to the sun is actually about allowing the sun to work in you to draw the value of your life to tell you what counts you don't count just because you have money you don't count just because you belong to some societal caucus you don't count just because you have jesus said to simon peter revelation knowledge the amount of knowledge you have of me is how i'm going to build you is how i'm going to build you hallelujah amen thank you jesus thank you father so back to the introduction man fell and part of the fall is that we start hiding then jesus came to lead us back to the love of god and everyone who accepts jesus christ is recharged with christ recharge say recharge say it again recharge and that is what it means to be born again. You are recharged with Christ. Your old nature goes. 
a new person begins to walk inside of you. It's not like you not make mistakes, but guess what? You're already recharged. You're already recharged. And when you fall, you go back and what? Recharge again. Say to someone, recharge again. And if you recharge properly, the next thing is to commit to growing. To keep on growing in Christ. You keep on growing. You don't stop. Don't stop growing. Commit to growth. Commit to be better this year than next year. Don't enjoy rising and falling. And when people call you out, you get angry. And say, those people, how many have heard this? Uh, haters, that's one. Another one is, um, don't call me out on my sin because you sin differently from me. How many have heard that? Don't call me a sinner because you sin differently. We all sin differently. That's an easy way for us to refuse to change. Don't ever say that again. Even if you post some of those Pinterest things, don't say it again. Always say, I am pressing forward to Christ. Always saying, I will never look back. Always say, I am the righteousness of Christ. Always say, the water of the Spirit is being... You don't know how your mind accepts things because you repeat them. So many things people say that if you say them, their power will walk in you. How many of you have heard you cannot pour from an empty cup? That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. So many things we say are not in the Bible. You cannot pour from an empty cup. It's not in the Bible. And what they are trying to say is like protect yourself, protect your energy. Protect yourself from negative energy. The universe is measuring how much energy is given to all of us. The universe is not is in the Bible for a different thing. Not the way social media is using the universe. Some of those things, you repost them, you allow their influence to weigh on you. Look to the sun. Take your eyes from all that the society is pointing to and look to the sun. And that comes from a daily seeking daily connecting I actually find that the people who are freshest in the spirit are the people who have daily habits of running after God ask someone what's your daily habit what do you do every day what's the one spiritual thing you do every day ask someone don't be afraid let's have conversation this morning What's the one spiritual habit? I see somebody, you're looking away. You don't want to talk to him. Don't be afraid. Ask him. What do you do? Can I tell you guys something? That daily, it's in the daily. 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 For all we say, none of us forget to eat every day. None of us forget to breathe every day. None of us forget to drink water drop cup. <laughs> Can I tell you guys something? The devil is a liar. Say the devil is a liar. 
We've believed so many things about how we cannot follow God every day, how we cannot pray every day, how we cannot cry out to God every day, how can we not be on that thing of daily connecting to God. Nothing as powerful as when you wake up in the morning. You know, the passion, you know, watch the chosen, eh? the prayer of Jesus Christ. When he came back one night, everybody was arguing. They were fighting with Matthew, the tax collector. I think in series seven or so, episode seven. Who has watched that one? And then he came back that night. Everybody was talking and angry. And he had just been preaching and preaching. And he was, he was telling on his body that he was bone tired. And he crawled up to the bed when he was, when he was going to sleep. And he started praying, my God, I had goosebumps. Those are the writers of that thing, eh? They are wild in the spirit. That prayer, he says, he said something like, thanks to God, my father. Today, something like today is done. I, I sit in the eternity of my father. I come to establish myself back in the eternity of my father. <laughs> See, if God is not, if the Son is not available in your life, how can you live a life of righteousness? If you don't esteem the Son, if you don't bow to Him, if everything that has to do with God is jokes by comedians, if praying in tongues is a joke by comedians, how can you pray in tongues and tongues will deliver you on the day when you're in trouble? If everything is a joke to you, how can you esteem that which is a joke to bring deliverance on the day when you need it to have power? So that's why you must re remove some level of, of carnality from your life. An estimation of the sun shall rise on the inside of you. Esteem him. And the person who esteems him can fellowship, can understand what it means. Like every song will every song will you know like <laughs> some songs just damage me on the inside and I'm just wrecked like ah there's another one oh God you are my God and I will ever praise you oh God you are my God and I will ever praise you and I will seek you in the morning and I will learn to walk in your ways and step by step you lead me and I will follow you all of my what's your jam what's your tune I can't understand people who enter the car and turn on the radio. Turn off that radio. Turn off that noisy DJ. Turn him off. Choose what content fills your world. Choose what you vibe to. Choose what makes you dance. Don't be mindless. Don't just, just start conco below, conco below, conco below. And then you're not, they don't do that one anymore. The one they do now is uh, by the snare. I'm like, how can you even enjoy that kind of terrible music? It's horrible. What are they even saying? 
Bado. You say yes, Bado. Are you a bad person? Why are you calling yourself Bado? See, until you esteem. That's why I'm always teaching new songs. You cannot come to this church and say you don't, haven't let a new song. We teach it. We teach it first before we start singing it. We're not too organized that we're trying to perform. No. We want to carry you in. We teach a song every day. Some of you make all things possible to make sure you avoid that teaching session. We start teaching at 9 o'clock. Every Sunday, give us 52 weeks, you learn 52 songs. We teach a song every single Sunday. As a result, we're never dry. We're never, I never tell, I tell musicians, they give me a song. You know why? They are good workmen. It's bad workmen that doesn't have tools. As a pastor, you can never ask me for scripture like this. Ah, scripture will come. I'm going through this. Do you know, immediately you're saying something, the Holy Spirit will read this. Three scriptures will compete in my head. I'm full of scripture. Don't be a bad workman. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth. Can I tell you guys something? Be full. What you're full of is what comes out of you. Be full of Christ. I didn't become full of Christ because I'm a pastor. No. I became full of Christ as a believer. As a believer. Then they saw me. Everybody saw me. I was full of Christ. Then they now said, oh, you're going to take care of the ushers from now. When I stand and stand with the ushers, the Holy Spirit comes down. The Holy Spirit doesn't come down just because I'm a pastor here. The Holy Spirit comes down when I come to your house too. When I'm with one person in a coffee shop, as I normally known to do. Before you know what's happening, I start praying in tongues in the coffee shop. Like, who gives a damn what they, what they think? Like, am I going to worry about the proprietors of the, of the, this, like God in heaven is watching me to see me carry this daughter of Zion into something. And I will not spare. I will tell you the truth. It may be chilled and relaxed, but you're going to get fire from me. You can be sure that if you build your life on what I'm saying to you, your life will take a different turn towards God. That's what we must all be as children of God. Hallelujah. Here's Psalm 2 verse 12. Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry. <laughs> you guys don't see this in the Bible, right? Submit to God's royal son or he will become angry and you will be destroyed in the midst of your activities. And some another translation says you perish in the way. For his anger flares up in an instance. But what joy for all who take refuge in him. Are you still debating whether Christ is the one you submit to? Do you have your other ideas about how you want to do life apart from Christ? You cannot be blessed in that idea. Submit to Christ. Release yourself to Christ. So many people come here and battle me as if, if I agree with their idea, then it means that God has agreed with their idea. After a while of battling me for a long time, I will just say, okay. 
Back in those days, my senior pastor would tell me, Pastor Mo, you mustn't tell everybody the truth. So, I will enter arguments with people. You know, like two people came to me and they said they want to marry. I mean, let's start praying. The host says, no. Tell them no. And I said to them, no. I don't think you guys are good for each other. I've learned from the Holy Spirit that you guys shouldn't marry. They went ahead. Right. They went ahead. After what the host told me, the girl is your friend. Call her and tell her she didn't do it. I'm like, Holy Spirit, I've tried now. So I went and called the girl and told her, the host is telling me you shouldn't do this thing. You know better than this. Hmm. The guy heard about it. Of course, who does the girl tell everything that has to do with her heart? He came to challenge me in the church office. He said to me, I don't know why you men of God think like you have to tell everybody what to do. So I said to him, I dare you, marry her. It's not going to work out. I can't even believe what audacity I had that time. I think I'm more calmer now. I think I'm more gentle now. <laughs> I dare you to marry her. Long story short, they haven't married yet. They were driving on Ted Mainland. He slapped her and kicked her out of the car in the middle of the night and told her to walk back home from Ted Mainland by herself. They, are now, they haven't even married yet. She came back to me crying. Pastor Mo, my eye has finally opened. My eye has finally opened. I'm never going to marry this guy. Then two weeks later, my senior pastor called me and said, Pastor Mo, this we're getting married. I'm like, what? They get, get, got married. So senior pastor looked at me and I said, ha, 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 ha. I told you not to worry to tell them. <laughs> he said to me, with hindsight now, would you have told them? I said, Pastor, I'm going to call his name. I said, I still would have told them. I would have told them. I cannot look you jumping into the well and not tell you. Why are we friends? Am I a good friend? There's something that the son represents. There's something that following God represents. Kiss the son. Submit to the son. Submit to Christ. If you submit to Christ, you will not perish in the way. There's a guaranteed life that you can have in God for all those who submit to Christ. There's that guarantee of life. What joy for all who take refuge in the Son. The truth is that the biggest controversy of our time is the controversy of Jesus Christ. Number one, the wrong idea of the origin of Jesus Christ. The Jews have a wrong perception of Jesus Christ. I will go into that in a little. They kept asking him, who is your father? He's not the carpenter's son. They just looked at him and looked down on him. Then, next is our own perception. 
Like, how can we follow this guy who claims to be the son of God? How can we submit ourselves to this person who teaches hard truths? How can he say he's the only way to God? You know, many believers have a problem with that. That Jesus is the only way to God. There are many ways to God. And somebody else who says, you must take up your cross. Some people say like, but if you died, why do we need to carry a cross again? Should be you finish the work. Right. Here is the controversy of Jesus Christ. Can, can I teach a little bit here? So these are three world religions. Judaism. They believe that Jesus is a rabbi. He was born of Miriam, betrothed to Johann. That's actually the names in the, in, the, in the Hebrew tradition. He did mighty miracles by the name of the ineffable one. They don't call Yahweh. They call him the ineffable, the mighty one. Call him names. They don't call him his name. And they said they never, he never rose. That gardeners stole his body. Remember, it's in the Bible that when Jesus died, the soldiers paid a lot of money to people to say to them that Jesus never rose, that his body was stolen. In Jewish tradition, it's written there that Jesus never rose, but the gardener stole his body. Right. In Buddhism, they said that the last years of Jesus Christ was spent in Kashmir. You know, between when he was 12 and when he was 30, that he went to the Kashmir region to learn about Buddhism. And that that's why when he came, he taught like a Buddhist monk. That whole parables and sitting on the mountain was not a Jewish way to teach. It was a Buddhist way to teach. He's certainly not the son of God and Jesus not the only way to God. There are many ways to God. This is what Buddhists believe about Jesus Christ. If you follow him, he's one of the paths. There will be many paths to God and that's what the Baha'i faith believes. And that's what the grail message believes. It's a light, and there are many lights. The most perfect light is the light of Abdul Roshin. You don't know who Abdul Roshin is. That's the perfect light of the grail messengers. Abdul Roshin. Like you should believe in Abdul Roshin. Who is Abdul Roshin? Abdul what? <laughs> Islam believes that he's a prophet called Isa Anebi. And he was born of Mary and Joseph. They believe actually in divine conception and they have stories of angels appearing to Mary. And his, they believe also that he's coming back to judge Al-Dajjal. All the, Al-Dajjal means the Antichrist. He's coming back to judge the people who is against Christ. Islam believes that. But Islam believes that he's not Christ. He's not Apostolos. He's not the sent one. He's only a prophet of Allah. And that the prophet of Allah we should all respect is Muhammad. So Jesus actually is the main problem many people have with following God. African traditional worshippers love the idea of God. They don't like Jesus. Muslims like the idea of God. They don't like Jesus. Buddhists like the idea of a divine soul. They don't like Jesus. So Jesus is the main problem. Do you guys understand why there's a contest for Jesus and why you must actually know that you know that you have Jesus? Because there's no other way given by which man must be saved apart from the name of Jesus Christ. 
So what happens eventually that we don't know how to respond because we are facing the comment section. Have you ever tried to tweet, Jesus is the hope for all humanity and you are prominent? There will be many hangers on to say, you are lying. So because of the comment section, we don't say what we believe. And some of us are imaginative people. And if you start reading wide, you know, my friend Emmanuel is here. We actually used to spar on books. We haven't done it recently. Emmanuel, we should go back to some reading some books, right? One of the books he gave me was a book by Yuval Harari, right? Origins. The guy said, forget everything you know. Let me tell you how human beings came to the earth. And he wrote his own story about the new, new, new landers, new landers, sorry, Neanderthals. These are the readers, you know them. Yeah, it is how man came from the eastern region, how man came from Egypt, the journey of mankind across the, the trade routes of the world, and how what one fossil bone was found how many million years ago. And as a result, man couldn't have come from the ancient Near East, and man couldn't have been created. In the intellect, it doesn't make sense. And when you are waiting on God to do something with timing, his timing is always off. It seems like you're waiting for this thing. It won't happen that time. So what kind of God is this that you can all control? Yeah. Do you understand? So people have a problem to teach, to speak, and to preach in his name. Why? Because he challenges what we, how we flow, how we operate. This is the challenge of Christ. This is the challenge of Christ. So he cannot be known in the comment section. He cannot be known in our idea of timing. He cannot be known in the words of people. He will be known in another way. He will be known in the hearts of those who have revelation. So Ephesians chapter 1 begins to speak about how we're going to know him. And Romans chapter 5 verse 1 verse 2 says, Therefore, number one, let's read this together. Oh, you guys are tired already. Can, okay, can we do it together like we're together in the beginning? One, two, go. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The first thing that Jesus begins to show to the people who follow him is peace with God. Peace with God. The first witness of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is peace with God. That things will happen, things will rise, things will fall. But the person who has Jesus Christ has peace. Since my peace I give to you. In this world you have tribulations, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. I think I've just joined two scriptures. So God gave Jesus Christ this this purpose as a man, as a second Adam. 
He spent years as a carpenter. He tempted and overcame. Then God gave him a mandate. The mandate was to replace the nature of man with a new nature, to preach the kingdom of God and to redeem creation. And how he manifests this is through us. Love, finding the lost sheep, miracle and compassion and raising careers. This part of manifestation is us. We are the ones to manifest Christ. As a man, he finishes assignment. He came to preach his mandate and then we manifest him. As you begin to embrace Christ, the, the mark of the fact that you have peace with God is that you are able to share about Christ. So many of us have lost the art of sharing our faith. We think preaching is dead. Do you understand? The way to manifest is to show the love of God to other people. Show love. Every time you see a lost person, be moved. Do you understand? And that's when miracle and compassion begins to flow. And then you in turn begin to raise other people who follow after God. Amen. Number two, he was a rabbi. I'm not going to go into this number two part. But I'm going to just jump to his eternal position. His mandate, his eternal position. Let's go back there. Philippians 2 verse 9. Therefore God has given him a name that is above every other name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. And then Revelation chapter 5 verse 7, they sang a new song and saying, Worthy are you to take this scroll and to open its seals. You ransom people for God from every tribe and every nation and language and people and nation. So I'm going to stop in this mandate. I just want to say two things and then I'm going to leave because I feel like you've got the message. See, Why did Jesus get the name above every other name? I think he spoke a little bit to it. That shame, that sacrifice, that giving of himself fully elevated him. If you give yourself fully to Christ, you'll be able to do what Christ did. Do you understand? This is how to follow Christ. It is by dying. So for you to start a ministry, a ministry started by a man who dies. And once the man dies, other people jump in to die along with him. That's ministry. If I don't give my life, if you, if you don't believe that I'm serious about this thing I'm doing, none of you will be here. So I died. As Christ died, then he started the process of killing me. Killing me means dying to my desires. Who was I sharing with this week? I said, my goodness, I like the boardroom more. And how many deals I could close. But God told me one day, you are not for sale. I'm soon going to get tired of sharing you. And I'm like, but God, I can do business. He said, yes, I know. But I'm, I'm soon going to get tired of sharing you. This word is for someone. 
I'm soon going to get tired of sharing you. I'm soon going to get tired of sharing you. So this is cutting them to the heart. As he died, he left us a model of dying to redeem. He left us a model of letting go everything that was important to us. So, I who should be a businessman, who should be running around making deals across the world, who should be telling the people, sign, sign my million dollar check. I am now every day waiting on Sunday to see who is going to come. And guess what? Church is optional. I arrange all the chairs and I start praying. Father, release my friends. Let them come to church today. At nine o'clock exactly, it starts drizzling. I'm like, what kind of thing is this? I tell, I tell, I tell Chingwe, Chingwe, why would God allow it to rain at nine o'clock? When everybody's leaving their house to come, is that the time you should be raining, Holy Spirit? <laughs> Can't you help somebody who is trying to do work in your name? I'm just being totally open and honest with you guys about the uncertainty of dying. I hate to beg. I hate to stand in front of people and say to them like, oh, you know, I haven't paid my children's school fees. And then there are Bible verses that says, oh, I've never seen the righteous beg bread. Me, I've seen. Do you know you will die? Tell somebody, <laughs> Life comes from death. They sang a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and open its seals. You ransomed. Ransom mean you died people for God. You died to take people for God. So, you cannot be all that you want to be in God except you are dead. And that's the competition. Many people want to start the work of God and want to do it half-half. I saw a young pastor once. He will preach for two weeks, go into politics for two weeks, preach for two weeks, Go into business for two weeks, and I said to him, Can I tell you something? Igamu, you have to die. You have to die. The Bible says, Except a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. When it dies, it brings forth much fruit. For many of you who already believe in Christ, this is the last vestige. This is the last thing that remains between you and the fullness of what God wants you to be. The last thing is that you have to not love your life to the death. There's that scripture in Revelations, I think it's Revelations chapter 12, verse 19 or so, 11 verse 19. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Can you help me find it? Let's, end, let's close there. 
Someone, have you found it? What is it? I know Revelation 12, 12, 11. I knew you had 11, yeah, 12. Revelation 12, 11, yes. Let's read it. Hasharam bali kustaya. I enter the holy of holies. I enter through the blood of the Lamb. I enter to worship you only. I enter to honor I am. Lord, I worship you. I worship you. Lord, I worship you. I worship you. For your name is holy. Holy Lord. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Three things that make you overcome what Jesus did, how it manifests in you and how you carry on at the point of death. What Jesus did, how it manifests in you. Your testimony is simply mixing the word of God with your life testing your life with the word of God how the word of God has walked on the inside of you that's your testimony your testimony is not I got a car no your testimony is whether the word of God was mixed with your heart to produce that result your testimony is not that I got a child no your testimony is God was with me when I was barren and God was Act, God's word activated my body to bring forth a child. Your testimony is not that you got a new house. Your testimony is that God is interested in your life. So we begin to change what we testify about. We testify about the presence of Christ. Because if Christ is there working in your heart, then you are looking to the sun. Your attention is focused on Christ. It's not focused on the things that you got in. Your testimony is the Christ in your life. That is the testimony. And the Bible says Christ in us, the hope of glory. And when you come face to face with what will kill you, when you come face to face with what will end your business, when you come face to face with what will destroy life as you know it. Will you remember Christ? When you remember what is done for you, are you ready to do the same for him? That is how we look to the sun. Looking to the sun is not about singing nice songs about Jesus Christ. Looking to the sun is not about, oh Jesus, I love you. No, looking to the sun is that you're ready to do what he did. Looking to the sun is setting your attention away from yourself and the fancies that hold your attention and putting it on Christ. Like if Christ died, I'm ready to die. If Christ live, I'm ready to live. Some of you, Christ has not even asked you to die for him. Guess what he's asking you to do? Live for me. Just live for me. <laughs> How easy can it be? Live for me. 
sing my psalm. Raise an anthem. Let your life carry the mark of my presence. I don't even need you to die for me. Some of you will never be in a place where you need to decide whether, you, whether they're going to cut off your head for Jesus' name. Even if that's the case, let it be that you stood faithful until death. But many of us are never going to have to face that in our lifetime. The biggest question is, will you live for him? For dying for you, he asks you to live for him. Hallelujah. You are invited to a new life of living for Christ. Of making your life all about Christ. Of making your days all about Christ. Of looking for the lost and carrying that mandate. Of looking for the broken and pouring compassion. Let men see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Three things make us win or lose in the journey. Number one, the blood of the Lamb. Number two, the word of our testimony. Number three, we do not flinch back from death. Whatever they cost, we keep on marching. We do not, we do not, we do not snitch on God. We do not snitch on his process. We do not turn back in the face of danger. We do not turn back when it becomes difficult. One thing that makes you a believer or not is number three. You're not afraid anymore. You look on Christ and you are made bold. Look unto the Son and you'll be bold to pass through the world. There are many testimonies I can give you in my life of dying. I think it was my brother I was telling, Pastor Latin Day, I told him this story this week. One day, I was pastoring. The first six years of my pastoring, I refused to collect salary. I was wild. I just wanted to work for God. I'll make money and work for God. You know, I've always been wild like that. So I didn't take salary. And if you don't take salary, part of the thing is that your supply chain will end. And all the money I made from my business, God had already had me to donate it to building project. So this was not a balanced equation at all. I donated all my savings. As I was working for God, I refused to collect salary. I said, God will provide. And guess what? I was so hard in faith. Did God provide? Yes, he did. But he was dying. You know, I was so dead that I didn't even feel it. I didn't feel it at all. So one day, they had driven my children from school. So my wife went to school and they wouldn't admit them because we were, we were back on fees. So she brought them to meet me in the church office. I came up and hugged them and like, oh yeah, they drive them, no problem. They'll go back tomorrow when we have the money. No worry, we'll get the money. So just take them home. I took them like, oh, let's go and get ice cream. So I got them ice cream and we're going back to the church office for them to drop me off to go. I look in my wife's eyes. I see tears running down. Hi. <laughs> I promised this woman no, that I won't let her suffer. <laughs> That was the time when it hit me that we're doing something wild and crazy. 
before then, I didn't feel it. That feeling lasted for five minutes. I went and hugged her, dried her tears and said, Madam, go, don't worry. How did we even pay the fees? I don't remember. The next day, I begged the children and said, enter the car. Did you take them back to school? Took them back to school. The school accepted them. What didn't even paid? How I eventually paid, I don't remember. God actually wants you to die. The one thing Hadiza doesn't want to happen to her, to anyone is her children. God can even kill her, but don't touch my kids. Let my kids grow and live their lives. Not because I'm serving God, my kids will now go through. That's Hadiza's own prayer. I'm like, madam, don't let God, God will touch these ones. Whatever you put more special. That's why he says, whoever lost father, mother, children, more than me. It's not worthy of me. Trust me. You love not your life to the death. You will live. You will not die. You love not your life to the death. This is a promise of God. You will live. You will not die. Don't fear death. Don't fear death. Don't fear losing everything. I've lost everything I've had many times. Many times. I walked away from business that I do with people. When they enter trouble, I walk away. And I haven't died. I haven't died. My life always comes out on top. I'm better. I'm better. I'm better. Look to the sun. Die to your desires. Die to the things that draw you. Die to the seduction of the world. Die to all that the devil is offering you. Die to the devil telling you that, oh, if you don't follow me, you're going to be hungry. So what? Am I the first person to die of hunger? A missionaries who came and never preached to one person and died in this land. And today we're all sitting here to carry the gospel. What if you die? Then what's the value of your life? It's not better to die for something than for die for nothing. People are dying every day for nothing. Die for something. Jesus died for you. For you to die to seduction. Die to the, to the things the devil is offering. Die to the tantalizing ideas of the devil in your mind. Oh, you're going to die. You will not survive. You're not going to make it. Like, like, who cares whether we make it or not? Who cares whether we're big time or not? Who cares whether, whether people know our name or not? But in heaven, hey, in heaven, do they know you? In the eternity of God, do you have credit? I cannot tell you the number of people who are following Christ just because I made the decision. My church outside Ecclesia Hills is bigger than my church in Ecclesia Hills. People in every nation of the world rejoice because I made the decision to follow after Christ. People come to God. People joy in the spiritual thing. People journey with joy because I died. When you die, many sons will rise. When you die, many people will live for God. When you die, things will be birthed. When you die, life will break because God rejoices to bring life out of death. Out of that thing which people have said is dead, God will bring new life. Tell someone you need to die to the world. Tell someone else you need to die to desire. You need to die to seduction. 
That is how to look to the sun. Set your eyes today upon Jesus, the man who was killed for you. Look to the son who was liberated in death, who said it is finished, who said that the work of all punishment for all men everywhere has been taken. Set your eyes on the son. Consider him who was worthy of much suffering so for the sake of the world, so that you will not become discouraged in your own life. Consider him who stood so that you can stand today. Consider him. Look to the sun because in him is the fullness of life. In him is the fullness of desire. This is perfection that we may run after the sun. Run after the God's perfect image. And even though men continue to argue about who Christ is, all who look to him will never be ashamed. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 